This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy, and uh, another little October surprise for Trump, from Trump, excuse me, President Trump. This uh, interview he did with Axios for HBO, there's a couple of guys that look like uh, the hosts of Britain's Got Talent they, interviewing the President of the United States. It was bizarre. They do. And uh, then skinny suits. Yes. S- somehow this just goes off to on to the topic of immigration. No, not the caravan, but birthright citizenship. And the president says this. Now, how ridiculous. We're the only country in the world where a person comes in, has a baby, and the baby is essentially a citizen of the United States for 85 years with all of those benefits. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it has to end. Um, have you talked about that with counsel? Yeah, I have. Yeah, so sure, we're in the sure. process. It's in yeah. the process. It'll happen. Oh, process. With an executive order. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, that's that's a exactly very interesting what I'm I didn't think anybody but knew that but me. I thought I was the only one. Oh, boy. Just a, uh, yeah, not exactly uh, Susan Boyle or no. Jonathan and Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. Um, if we could just dispense with uh, the curious communication choice timing-wise, outlet-wise, uh, and focus on the underlying policy, because talking about ending birthright citizenship is not new. Doing it by an executive order is new. And so there are a couple of issues. One is the constitutionality of doing it by executive order. The other is just the policy issue of is moving away from birthright citizenship appropriate public policy. So sort of a couple of layers to this discussion to help us with the legal end of it, the constitutional end of it. We're pleased to be joined by Amy Swearer, who's a legal analyst for the Heritage Foundation. Amy, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, it was just talking about the legality, since you've got uh, every law professor under the sun chiming in on this. Can you distinguish for us the constitutional argument against birthright citizenship per the 14th Amendment Citizenship Clause from the Supreme Court case law on the topic? Sure. So the arguments on this really comes down to the meaning of one specific clause of the 14th Amendment, uh, which says that all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are United States citizens. Uh, And so really what that means is there are two factors that allow for citizenship, and both need to be present. One, that the person is born on U.S. soil, and two, that the person is subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. And so it comes down to what does it mean to be subject to the jurisdiction of the United States? Essentially, the the argument is that when you look at the history of the amendment, when you look at uh, the debates that congressmen were having, uh, the context of what they were trying to do, uh, the argument is the primary purpose was to uh, ensure that the newly freed slaves had all their citizenship rights, uh, but that Congress was intentionally trying to exclude from birthright citizenship anybody who who did not owe complete allegiance to the United States, who was temporarily passing through, uh, who owed uh, allegiance to a foreign power uh, or to an Indian tribe or in in any other way was not fully subject to U.S. jurisdiction. Right. And so but now the Supreme Court case law on this 
is a bit more complicated, um, and this is where the sort of that's a strict constructionist or interpretation of those uh, components of the citizenship clause run into what the Supreme Court has actually held. You've got, it seems to me, three cases at bar, U.S. v. Wong Kim Ark, the 1898 case that held, and this has sort of been underreported, that held that a child of a permanent resident uh, immigrant uh, born on American soil, born in San Francisco in that case, was a citizen under the 14th Amendment. But then more recently and more problematic for the argument that President Trump is trying to make, uh, cases in the 80s, <clears throat> excuse me, Plyer v. Doe and INS versus Rios Pineda, where the Supreme Court specifically opined on people born here whose parents are here illegally, uh, and Brennan in the uh, Plyler case, no plausible distinction with respect to the 14th Amendment jurisdiction can be drawn between resident aliens whose entry into the U.S. was lawful and resident aliens whose entry was unlawful. So is it the case that the idea of doing this by executive order wouldn't hold up under Supreme Court scrutiny and you're going to need a case that rises to the level of Supreme Court review to uh, establish a new precedent uh, that runs contra to those cases in the 80s? From the 80s uh, so it, there, there were a couple of questions in there Ed. so let me let me see if I can get all of them in, in the limited time here uh, so first things first the last time the Supreme Court dealt directly with this issue was in Wong Kim Ark which as you said uh, was this very narrow holding that the US born children of not just permanent resident aliens but lawfully present permanent resident aliens are US citizens uh, so nothing with respect to the U.S.-born children of, of people who were illegally present or who were uh, not permanently domiciled in the United States. Uh, the cases in the 80s that you refer to, there is some dicta in there. So, so basically, uh, it's, right. it's some footnotes in there. Uh, it's completely inconsistent with the cases that are actually on point. Uh, but those cases from the 80s were not dealing with the actual question of citizenship. Um, as, you, as you noted, it was really just one particular justice opining on it, uh, one of them actually in a footnote. Um, so those cases actually dealt with uh, benefits, and, and it was under the Equal Protection Clause. Uh, so it was not directly on point with regard to the meaning of the Citizenship Clause. Uh, there was nothing expanding upon that reasoning. Uh, so as it stands, arguably the only case directly on point is that case from the, the 1890s, uh, and that says nothing with respect to uh, the children who are not children of lawful permanent residents. And, and, and I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, and, and I just to say, and then with regard to the prospect of an executive order, you have the other thing that sort of weighs into the president's uh, benefit, which is the president of the United States has wide swath over immigration policy under sort of the generic heading of in the interest of national security. Right. Uh, and there are, of course, national security issues, especially with uh, some of the birth tourism that, that has developed under these policies. Uh, arguably, it, it's hard to make any sort of legal determination about an executive order because we don't have an executive order before us. We don't know exactly what the wording is, what the president would be purporting to do, the scope of the action. Um, so that in and of itself makes it a bit hard to, to really give a, a specific answer as to legality. Uh, but as you noted, that the president does have a wide swath of power, uh, especially with regard to uh, 
when when there is there's something in the Constitution that Congress has not clarified, mm-hmm. and, and Congress has not clarified it. The statutes just restate what the 14th Amendment says. It doesn't expand on what it means. Uh, the Supreme Court, since Wong, Wong Kim Ark, ha- has not clarified its application to the children of illegal aliens or non-permanent residents, that the president can order in good faith uh, that executive agencies execute the law according to this good faith interpretation of what the law actually is, uh, because it hasn't been clarified to this point. Right. And then uh, do you know the actual number or a ballpark figure of how many anchor babies are born here every year? Because I've read anywhere from 300,000 to 1.1 million. Is this a serious problem? I mean, it is uh, in the sense that we we aren't quite sure what the number is, but it, it certainly is in that ballpark of half a million to over a million. And then we're also dealing with this problem of birth tourism, where tens of thousands of of foreign citizens are coming to the U.S. to give birth on U.S. soil to have a U.S. passport holder in the family with no intention of staying in the country, but just reaping the benefits, uh, particularly with regard to education uh, later on in life. Um, So this is is certainly a, a significant issue. The scope of it isn't quite clear, but it is significant even on the lower end of that impact. And uh, just for the sake of clarity, uh, your position or the Heritage Foundation's position on the clause in question in the Citizenship Clause in the 14th Amendment, uh, subject to the jurisdiction thereof, what is your interpretation of that in terms of, from the strict constructionist perspective, what that means for persons who are here illegally and have children? So the Heritage Foundation has long understood that universal birthright citizenship is a misinterpretation of the 14th Amendment, that it's inconsistent with the intent of the amendment's framers, uh, who were not trying to give this universal grant of citizenship to anybody, regardless of a lack of allegiance, regardless of being subject to a foreign power. And in fact, that they intended the opposite. To, to ensure that individuals who did not owe full allegiance to the United States were excluded from birthright citizenship. Um, so what that would mean for the children of illegal aliens and uh, for individuals who are not uh, here on a permanent uh, or at least a, a very long-term basis who owe that uh, full allegiance to the United States is that their children were not intended to become automatically citizens of the United States. She is Amy Swear. She's a legal analyst for the Heritage Foundation. Amy, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your insights. Thank you. And she joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Hear about the big stories of the day, then talk about them right here on Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer.